test about some te- testes. 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 One, two. Those are balls, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, how's it going, Sherrod? Going good. Things are working out. Let me move this microphone just to... Yeah. So we haven't recorded a podcast in a long time. Yeah. It's been at least two weeks, I think. It's been at least two weeks. More like three. Three. Okay. So... I'm trying to gauge how, like, just emotional I need to make this podcast. I had to go back uh, to America. Yeah. Um, on kind of an emergency basis. Because, uh, uh, yeah, because my, my mom died. Suddenly. Sad stuff. Sad stuff. But don't worry, everybody out there in podcast land. We're not gonna we're not gonna drag this through the through the emotional mud. I will say this though. Anybody within the sound of my voice, if you care about your kids and your family and people you might leave behind, if you have kids, make a will. <laughs> make a will. Um, yeah. When there isn't one, shit gets really hard and weird. And I'm kind of lucky because, like, I don't have, like, a lot of family, like, trying to screw each other over and stab each other in the back and... and uh, it's pretty, not Game of Thrones over there. It's not Game of Thrones over there. Everybody's pretty cooperative so far, so... Hello, Tabitha the Cat. Mm. Our guest star is back. Tab- Tabitha the Cat making another guest appearance on the podcast. Mm. Um, She's only vocal, really, when we try to record one of these things. That's true. I think... As a woman, she likes to try to get her her point yeah, of view get her across. point of view, point of view across. Yeah, I, I feel like our cat demographic is really starting to pick up. Exactly, she wants treats or something. Uh, yeah, so I so I went back to deal with a lot of dead mom stuff, and uh, as you do, as you do, and one thing I found, um, like I don't think it surprised me right away, but like it was. <laughs> So I threw some treats on the floor. Tabitha's looking at them like they're foreign objects. She needs to... Oh, good. She's eating them. Um, yeah. One of the things I found out, like, pretty quick is... Um, so there's really only two things that I could do. I could either laugh about it or cry about it. Mm. And I did both, I think, probably in equal measure. But most people aren't ready... To laugh about to it. To laugh so about it so soon. Yeah, I had a similar experience. Yeah. And I really needed to find the funny in something. And and I really do believe that you can that you can find, you know, humor in any situation. Yeah. And like uh like like I have a I have a younger sister, she's twenty, she's in college. Shout out. But um I, I think I cracked a joke pretty early on, probably within a day or two. And my sister is the one that, that uh, found my mom uh, mm-hmm. and tried to administer CPR. Uh, she's a nursing student, my sister. And um, it, um, you, there, there was nothing she could have done. Um, so it, it had been an emotional few days, and I flew back from Japan, you know, at breakneck speed, basically. Yeah, like To get day. to her the next day. And... Um, I also had another family member there to kind of stabilize the situation until I could get there. As soon as I got there, he fucking bounced. He was like, your problem. But, um, right, rightfully so. But I had cracked a joke or something or made some comment and, like, I got this, like, look of horror. And I was like, listen here. You better suit up. You better suit up because this is the way that that I'm going to have to deal with this. And there was, like, a bunch of stuff to do, you know, cleaning out the house and, and just estate stuff and figuring out... 
that's the other thing I found out right away. Like, when you're the responsible party, after somebody's passed away suddenly, mm-hmm. there's no instruction manual. There's nothing that really says, like, oh, no, these are the numbers you have to call. You know, like, make sure that this is in order. Make sure, you know. So there's a lot of guesswork and there's a lot of, like, okay, like, do we call, I don't know, do we call the bank? Is that what we do? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, especially if there's not a will. The, again, the will is the instruction manual, so please be kind to your, <laughs> be kind to your uh, descendants, I guess. I'm be like, I'm leaving debt. And well, and that's the other big question, though. Like, okay, if you leave debt, who's responsible for it? I'm pick the family member I hate. <laughs> well, but that's you. I don't think you get to designate it. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because but like a lot, a lot of it comes like out of like leftover stuff that you own. But if you don't own a lot of shit, then it's a big question mark. Yeah. And I had to meet with two attorneys, which was a hoot. Um, the first attorney wasn't wasn't super uh, knowledgeable in like probate stuff and like estate stuff, mm. so he was looking through like a bunch of documents and there had been some stuff from previous estates from like my grandparents where stuff wasn't maybe signed over correctly or like the chain of custody wasn't right. And he used a lot of uh, legal terms, a lot of words in Latin, some stuff I didn't understand. The words I did understand that he used were colossal clusterfuck of papers. I understood that those words. You got a hell of a lawyer, huh? Yeah, he was he was a gem. I understood I understood the term um, criminal malpractice, and I understood <laughs> yeah, and I understood the words uh, uh, estate fraud. I don't think any of that pertained to me. I think they were talking about like people who had handled previous stuff. Oh, and okay. I was there like, was, there well, was a, there was a law firm that had handled some other stuff that had there was no longer even in practice. Those lawyers weren't even in practice because they were. About a billion years old at the time, and I yeah. think they've, they've since also shuffled off this mortal coil. So, that was interesting. Um, I wish you could pick your debt. You could choose who had to yeah. take your debt. Like and, Terry. And, yeah. yeah. Fuck you, Terry. Fuck this guy. He's paying all my bills. <laughs> no, that's basically one of the things that the lawyers told me. It was like... Uh, a lot of people assume that they just need to start fucking cutting checks to people, so they start doing it. Yeah. And then they realize pretty quick, like, oh, like, we're, like, 30 grand in the hole now for fucking Cousin Johnny's fucking passing and shit. And, mm. nah, apparently you don't have to do that. Like, of course, anybody that is owed money will be asking for it, but... Yeah. A lot of time, I guess that's just not on anybody. <laughs> and and that was, like, that was some of the advice I got later. Is like, well, you can just walk away from all this and... <laughs> Like, eventually, eventually the state will just have to suck it up and absorb it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, it was just weird, interesting time. One thing that I found out, I don't, folks, I don't do funerals. I don't do, like, normally when people die around me, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm real awkward about it. I don't know what to say to people. It's like, what can you really say? Right. It's not like anything you say is going to, like, change what's going on. Right, I I find uh I find that a lot of people want to say comforting words, but when you when you're in the midst of it, it, it to me they're not useful. Personally, to me, they're not useful. Yeah, and I I was being gracious a lot of time because a lot of people were just saying something like, "Oh, all right, we man, <laughs> had a crazy little glitch on the on yeah. the uh, recorder. We didn't. I don't know if that picked up or not. But what I was saying was like, uh, you know, people's people's you know condolences. I don't 
necessarily know how to take them, but I was just being graceful and just saying thank you. Yeah, that's all I really say um, is thank you and stuff. From from people who are really close to me, family and friends, and and people who had a connection, you know, to me when I was younger, my and my mom and stuff, it it was like a little more sensible to me that they, you know, because they were grieving too, you know, yeah. and like. Like, my uncles, for example, you know, they were telling me, you know, I'm sorry for your loss and this. And, and I was like, well, you lost a sister, you know. I, like, I, I know that you have to feel something about that, too, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that whole thing was, that whole thing was a thing. Um, one thing that I really, like, I wrote a post about this on social media or whatnot, but I feel like I came back a little different than when I left. I really do feel, you know, I kept joking around with people like, I've aged a fucking year in this week that I've had to deal with this stuff. So technically you're 35 now. Technically I'm 35 now. (laughs) No, but I I do feel like I I gained some perspective on what friendship means, I think, and what family means. Mm. Like, I I had... A little bit more understanding with the importance of it. I I think so. I think I had a little, uh, I had a little second season character arc of my own while I was out. Oh, I know. Um, I was really touched by, uh, people who, like, people who, I, I, I hate to put it this way, but, like, the people who are close to you, it's almost a given that they'll be there for you. Mm. You know, your best friends, like, if something horrible happens to you tomorrow, you know you can call me. Yeah, for sure. You know? But, like... In fact, like, when, when that thing happened, you called me. Yeah, yeah. When when yeah, exactly. When I received the news, I did call you and yeah. and just just to kind of get some affirmation of of what of my direction. Like, hey, okay, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Is this the right move? I th- the words I said to you were like, I go back for this, right? Yeah, and you were yeah. like, I, you go back for this. I was like, right, yeah, of course I do. That's what you do, right? Yeah. So um, you got to get that closure. Yeah, it's important. Oh yeah, get right next to the microphone. That's where you belong. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that, that's when it's really important. Yeah, so, um, the the shocking thing to me, though, or the, the thing that really touched me the most, was I got to find out, like, how wide a web mm-hmm. that actually casts. Because it wasn't just friends who were looking out for me, but it was, like, friends of friends and family mm-hmm. of friends. And, like, people that I had, like, kind of distanced myself from, maybe even in the past, or yeah. people that that had fallen out of my out of my circle who maybe by all right should have been deep in my circle in the first place. Yeah. It kind of really shows you where you stand with people mm-hmm. or even people, you know, who posted things or, or wrote me private messages and stuff to tell me, you know, kind of what my mom had meant to them. I had um Well, fuck it. This is my experience too, so I can I I, th- I think I can probably throw this out from my perspective. I had like a babysitter when I was young, and my perception as a kid was always that like my mom would throw throw a party with all the teenagers in the in the neighborhood, buy them a bunch of beer, and then bounce, <laughs> to, you know, like hey, watch the kids, and then she'd be back, you know, like a day later or whatever. My mom, my mom was a crazy person. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, there was there was a lot of a lot of uh, craziness that always happened around her, a lot of degenerates and ne'er do wells, and you know, just freaking outlaws and people who didn't fit well but like all those people are always welcome around our house Mm -hmm. and i i think it's because 
mom realized that those folks had no place else to go. You know? And they were fun, also. They were yeah. super fun. So, but anyway, I had this babysitter when I was a kid, and she was uh, the sister of a close friend of mine, and she had lived with us. I, I And I'd forgotten about this until just recently. But she had lived with us or whatever. And... Um, it turns out that I guess her mom had actually thrown her out. Mm. You know, she just wasn't, I guess her family wasn't really handling that tr- transition from kid to adult super well. And she threw her out with nothing, basically. And I vaguely remember, like, going and, like, I don't know if we did, like, a little B&E to get this girl's clothes back or what yeah, we did. Like, But, yeah, like, we had to go get him through some nefarious means one night. Mm. And, um... But this this girl now a lady now you know now now an adult with like grown kids of her own like wrote this really touching message that was just like you know like your mom set me up and like taught me how to pay bills and like taught me how to get an apartment and taught me how to do adult shit taught me how to you know make sure all my stuff was squared away so that I could you know so I could survive or whatnot mm-hmm. and I was like mom I didn't know how to pay bills what the fuck are you talking about you know the, yeah. that's I mean that's some of that humor that comes but like but it was just I felt like oh shit like I'm actually learning something about, about your yeah. about my mom it, right yeah it, it happens and like you're so focused on your relationship with your mother and then you start to see all these different people coming out that no sides of your, your family member or, or your loved one that you had no idea yeah. about. Well, and it's like, I don't think I learned, there was no, like, big shocking revelation or whatever, so, like, there was, like, a bunch of, like, family lore about, like, well, this happened, then this happened, and... It's more like an insight to, like, It is, it is like an insight, yeah. And, and the person they were more than, like, a big, like, secret or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just something that, you know, she was your mom or, you know, or loved ones for, for whoever... And, you know, you think you know them because, you know, they're they're part of your life so much. And For sure. Then you get to see this other side that you weren't really aware about. For sure. And it never dawned on you to even ask that question. So, like, I was talking to you about this a little bit last night. You, Shrod came picking me up from the airport yeah. last night. But, um, like, my mom had this, like, Cedar Hope chest mm. in the house. And, like, we were basically always told it was, like, full of pirate treasure. Yeah. <laughs> like, like stay the fuck away from that. That's mine. Mm-hmm. You know, it was locked and whatnot. So a buddy of mine picked the lock, and, and we were going through that stuff. You know, and, and my sister lives so far away, it's basically out of state. Mm-hmm. And I live, you know, I live so far away that if I was any farther, I'd be closer. You know, so, like, there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of room for either of us at this point to be, you know, collecting artifacts from, you know, the lives of our family. So my sister had already gone. Uh, she was home for, for break from school, and she'd already gone back. And since I was there to kind of take care of things and transition, yeah. you know, and, and kind of weirdly, like, put a button on my mom's life is, is what I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, picking up remains and the death certificate and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Had my mom cremated. We didn't have a, a funeral. Uh, we're gonna have a private observance probably on her birthday next year or something okay. like that, and 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 uh, figure out what to do with the ashes and whatnot. But um, um, so I was going through like all these boxes of pictures and documents and things like that, and I I was going through the contents of this chest, and basically the treasures quote unquote that I found in there were basically everything that would be important to a twenty year old girl. Mm. So nonsense. There was fucking nonsense in there. The, there was there was like matchbooks from a hotel that she stayed at at a road trip. There was yeah. like, 
like her favorite shirt maybe from that time. But the ironic thing is, yeah, it's a nonsense of shit. And then you just and it's like you dawn on fuck. My mom was a twenty year old girl. Yeah, well, and that was the crazy part because like I was finding all these pictures. Like, from the time she was, like, a teenager. From, yeah. Like, this picture of her when she was, like, five, and she's just this perfect five-year-old. And I'm sitting in the living room, like, I, I had called my sister, and I was like, hey, do you want to keep mom's cedar chest? And, and she was like, no. She called me back right away. I was like, yes, yes, I, I want it, I want it. So, um, I was curating, you know, like, all this stuff for my sister, mm-hmm. but really kind of for my mom, but really kind of for, for me. You. And, like... I was, like, snarl crying through some of this shit, and, like, so I run across this picture of her, as, as just, like, this perfect five-year-old or whatever, and I was like, okay, so I have this, and then 50 years later, she dies right there. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting in, in you know, the living room or whatever, and, you know, it really kind of makes you, uh, makes you realize, like, how brief it all is, how short it all is, you know? Um, which is something that I, I think I have an awareness of anyway, and that awareness kind of comes in and out of my life or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and probably just like, you know, not to get fucking melodramatic about it or whatever, but just like the specter of death, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's the, ever looming. It's ever looming. <laughs> and we're all, oh, you know, we all owe a death, you know, and that was one of the questions my sister had. She, she called me up, like I was at the airport, I think, and she was like, do you think mom was an organ donor? And I was like, look, I don't really know much about anything, but I do know that whatever our mom was, she's not in that meat vehicle anymore. Yeah. And it, everything we have, everything we are, it's just all borrowed from the earth. Yeah. And it all gets returned. So maybe some parts aren't returned at the same time as others. It's all going back, though. Yeah. So make the call. I told her, like, you know, you're, you're, you are the boots on the ground right now for the next you know, 20 hours until I get there. So make decisions. Nobody's going to be mad at you for the decisions you are and you're making. And if they are sending me, I'll choke the shit out of them, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, so she, she made her choices or whatever, but, um, yeah, but, but that's just kind of the overall feeling that I got. Like our time here is so brief and look at all these fucking people that are just coming out of the woodwork to help. Yeah. It, it, you get this, the sense that your time is so brief, but also that, it's so long that that life that they lived was like longer. You had no clue about yeah. the people that they were. Yeah, like, well, and that's kind of that's kind of what I was saying. Like, there's all these family, you know, stories and lore and mythology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you read through these all this shit that you find. It's like I got the receipts, bitch. Like this is <laughs> this is the time she spent in you know in in Montana. Look at this shit. Yeah, it's the receipts. Like in my case, you know, in my in my I could only see my grandfather as this perfect person to me as my granddad. Yeah, and then uh, to hear to get some insight on who he was when he was like my age is like what. Yeah. Like how angsty he was. Oh, yeah. He was, he was just doing shit, huh? <laughs> yeah. Just doing shit and causing trouble, just like I do. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a, it's a little refreshing. It makes you feel like you're kind of con- connecting with them on a deeper level. Yeah. I, I, I totally feel that. But, so, yeah. So, I had this big life-affirming thing through a death. Yeah. And... Which... And I'm a little... Death tends to do that. Death people. does tend to do that to you. Well, and it's kind of... I was having the, this thought, too... Because I have had a few people in my life, as we all do, who've experienced, like, loss and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, the people in my life tend to bounce ideas off of me. And, you know, I'm pretty good for a long philosophical conversation on some shit. You know, yeah. especially if I care about you. So, it made me kind of reevaluate, like, advice that I'd, I'd given to people on, on, you know, the death of loved ones and stuff like this. Like, mm-hmm. man, I wonder if I was, like, flippant with them. Or I wonder if I was, like... If, if I had in the past advised people in a way that put, like, too neat a little bow on things, maybe. Like, too cut and dry, maybe. Too but... cut and dry, yeah. And and I think probably people do need somebody, you know, to sometimes, like, drop, like, a little bit of clinical, yeah, you know, outside sure. advice. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I just feel different now. I just... I, I get what you're talking and, about. And it's, it's a weird feeling for me because... I've had very few experiences in my life that I knew in the moment, like, oh shit, this is changing me. Yeah. The the birth of my first son, mm-hmm. for example, that was one of them. Yeah. Holding that baby in my arms for the first time, you can feel it. Yeah. You know, you, you're like, oh, okay, this I told, I agree. this actually changes not everything, but it 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 adds a shade of perception. I think I think we're deaf really starts to change you sure you know as you get older you know people die in your life like your grandparents or maybe accidents with friends but i think like for someone like a mother or a or maybe even family member that you were so close with like in my case my grandfather like people that were there since the beginning that you kind of just take for granted for being there yeah i think that's the one that really like gets you yeah i think i had that feeling too i had that kind of feeling of like oh shit i'm the, i'm the last adult yeah like <laughs> like there's no like in the hierarchy of like grown ups in my direct lineage like my grandparents are gone my mom's like that's it i'm the last adult now yeah. like that means i'm next no uh- <laughs> <laughs> a little <laughs> a little it does it does a little mean that it does make you think about it like oh shit it does a little bit mean that. Yeah, it's yeah. like if we were all if we were all standing in line like at the bank or at the post office mm-hmm. and at the end of the line when they call you up it means you die. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm, I yeah, like yeah. everybody else has already it's got a little bit closer. Exactly. So I like I'm looking for people to cut. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Your your shit's smaller than mine. Yeah, yeah go for it. You're dumber than me. Go. Yeah, go. Go ahead. <laughs> but that's the other thing. Like, I have a really small family, so there's not... The line wasn't even that long. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're talking about, though. Like, when I went back last year for my grandfather's funeral, I kind of just, while they were lowering the casket into the ground, I, I kind of just sat there for a minute. And uh, people were trying to console me, but I yeah. was... I had a few tears streaming, but I was just pretty calm about it. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm good. And they said, well, what, what are you thinking about? I was like, I'm just, you know taking the last lesson he has to teach me right now and that's how to deal with you know him not being here anymore i found when i was back there it was funny because my my grandmother and i think my mom too had saved a bunch of shit from like when i was a kid so i found um one some new year's resolutions when i made that i made in 1994 yeah so in 1994 i would have been 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. and my new year's resolutions were basically like yeah, God damn it. So yeah, you would have been four. My my New Year's resolutions in 1994 were as follows: one, exercise more; <laughs> two, help out around the house more; three, and I quote, "Be less weird." Ellipsis, <laughs> but still a little strange. Period. So fucking nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. 
I've been doing that every year. Be less weird. I like I like that but, I probably put a period and I probably had just learned in fourth grade the power of the ellipsis. <laughs> so then I was like, well, yeah, but I don't want to lose it all. I don't want to. So for just, something's telling me this is pretty rocking. Yeah. So I added a couple dots, but still a little strange. <laughs> so fucking nailed it. Um. So I found that I found like I found also from that year I was in love with uh, this girl named Michelle. Who was a year younger than mine? She was a friend, or she was the daughter of a friend of my mom's who lived like an hour away, in uh, in rural Nebraska. Going to fall for a lot of your mom's friends' kids. It happens. <laughs> Blonde hair, blue eyes. I don't know. Couldn't eleven year old me couldn't stop myself. But um, we're still friends on Facebook, you know. And she's got like a pile of kids or whatever, yeah. and is happily married and everything. And um, so I found a painting that I had made for her. That I would have never given her. It was like it was like a, a pink or purple flower on a uh, green background because I know I remember she loved green, so I'm sure there was a lot of green. And it said her name. I'd written it Michelle, and it said like I love you. Period. No matter what. Period. Painted. Painted in watercolors. So I snapped a picture and I sent it to her. Yeah. Because I'm still trying to get it in. No. I sent, <laughs> so I sent it to her on on like Messenger or whatever. And I was like. Apparently, I made you a Valentine in '94. Sorry, it was late getting to you. And she was like, "Holy fuck, that's hilarious!" I was like, "Right?" And she was like, "What that mouth do?" No, she was like, um, "She was like, I'm so I was so sad to read about your mom's loss. I was gonna uh, write you a message, but I didn't know what to say. So instead, me and my mom got together and had a beer and shared memories. I was like, and she was like, when was the funeral? I was like, I think you fucking had it. Yeah. I was like, fucking perfect. That's exactly what you should have done. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just stuff like that. It was just a bunch of little stuff like that that just made me feel way more interconnected to... To, you know, like, uh, your life in the States. The, my life in the States and a certain place in time and and all those people. So it was... It was like reestablishing connections that you that you kind of you've been in Japan for a long time. Yeah, I've been over here for a real long time. So you know, you know, part part of yourself. In my case, you tend to kind of trivialize. Well, I I know I do. I kind of I end up trivializing like my my bonds back home. Well, it's kind of make an excuse. It's kind of like the church of what's happening right the fuck now, you know, like it's not that. Yeah. It's that's not happening. Like that doesn't affect my day to day much. You know, like I might get a message from a friend or something back there, this, this and that here, there look, Oh shit. She had a baby, you know, something, but I, I, I'm not involved in that for sure. But, um, I think it made me realize too, that I actively am in denial sometimes of some of those connections or that life that I live. It's you're in denial of how much like how how, how po- much po- that how much still, still is means me. to you. Yeah. And how much of that still is you. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I get it. <laughs> for sure. So that it was it was a weird experience and like I said it was a life experience it was it was a life affirming experience. And it was funny because like I said to you, you know, for a for a number of reasons. I went back there expecting a tragedy but in a lot of ways, I got a comedy. Yeah. And I went back there expecting... Dark comedy, but a comedy nonetheless. No doubt. And, and you know, so there was a lot of, you know, and, and like, there were a lot of even kind of romantic notions about life that, that, that came up over there just mm. just about, 
you know, like I said before, like con- just connection with people and and um, just uh, I don't know, I don't know, just the the way I perceive things. Anytime you can look at something and go like, oh, it turns out the way that I perceive things is actually a little bit different than it is. Yeah, and and you get to see you get to see it, you know, from another angle, and and it's like eyesight leveled up. Kind of like perceptions leveled up. Exactly, and one of the things that I noticed, like I always had this theory that you know, like maybe some people were mad at me that I left, or maybe some people had like the wrong idea of why you left, of why I left, or why I was here, or what I was doing here. And I, I, I think most of the people who I care about, or who care about me, were are actually right on with it. They, they understand completely, and I didn't think that was the case. So yeah, uh. I remember when I went back home for the first time uh, after like three or four years, and my and my friend like I opened the door and and I we've been close all our life and he was like crying, yeah, because he said he thought I was never gonna come back and then you know we're drinking and having a good time later at night and he just kind of breaks down around me he's like you know you left it's like you were supposed to go for a little while and come back and you left and like my I had a kid and it died and you weren't here oh damn he's like. Jose's dad died and you weren't here and it, it kind of shook me a little bit and I was like oh yeah because yeah, I was I was kind of always that tether point between right. everybody and it, it it made me it made me reevaluate some things yeah I can see that yeah I could for sure but, see that but they were they were all very supportive <laughs> about me being here it's yeah. just well that was that was one of the things I experienced uh, when I got that initial call from my sister mm-hmm. um she had said something, and I left the states when when I left the states. She and I are fifteen years apart, give or take. So she was four. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah. So when I left, uh, she was tiny, and I it didn't occur to me at the time, but it occurs to me now that I made some decisions. Yeah. When I decided not to come back, that definitely affected her. So one of the things she said, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. At the time she was like, "I'm sorry that I have to make this call." Yeah. And I and I stopped her. I was like, "Actually, I'm sorry, because you were the one who was always going to have to yeah, make this by call." Me leaving, I this chose is, that for yeah, you. Yeah. And and as unfair as that is, it's also, it's also fair though because everybody, everybody is on their own path. Everybody is on their own track. For sure. And there's choices that you make. There's choices that you make that are valid choices that have to buy just by by the nature of the choice affect other people yeah you know sometimes i think it's just that when you're focusing on different things on your immediate like what's in front of you like yeah like normally like i particularly tend to do focus on what's going around me it's kind of like blinders where i can't really see how what my choices right affect well other people especially ones back home you and i have talked about like the classical notion of stoicism a bit and which is basically like and I and I I've always kind of subscribed to this thought, which is, you know, there's things in your life that you can change or have an effect on, mm-hmm. and there's things in your life that are definitely not within your sphere of control. Mm-hmm. And like the the key is to be able to know the difference between the two, mm-hmm. and to be able to act correctly when you can act. So, you know, like. I think that's one of the things that I've that I've kind of taken away from this whole experience too is just like knowing 
Okay, I do have control over this. Oh, I can make a choice here. Oh, I couldn't make a choice there. Mm. You know, and there was a bunch of stuff that kept happening that a phrase kept popping up, you know, as I was, like, having meetings with, like, lawyers and people who may or may not be able to help and this and that. You know, and I kept telling people, like, you know, the kindest thing that a person can do is to limit your options sometimes. Yeah. You know, you're not banging your head against the wall trying to figure out how to make A meet C, you know, if if there's no path. Okay, cool. Then there's just no path. Then yeah. we don't – then the answer is you don't do anything. Yeah. You know, or, or you let – you know, you let the people for whom this actually is a responsibility take care of that. Okay. Well, it turns out then that makes shit a lot easier. Yeah. But then there's some other things that I found during the trip. Uh – some choices that I guess I had assumed had been made for me or some choices that I assumed that were too late to make maybe that I just decided to make. Hmm. And, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. <laughs> I guess, you know, life, you know, and, and, and I guess, you know, not, not to tie too neat a bow on this, but that, that's what life is. It's just a series of choices and, and, uh, reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a little bit of trial and error trying to figure out what your choices actually affect other people. Sure is. Especially, like, in my case, that's probably my biggest flaw is that I make choices pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, I usually tend to gather up all the information I feel like I need and I make a move. Yeah. Or, or I set it up where I'm ready to make the move as soon as it's time for it to happen. But what I don't take into account is, like, okay, if I make this decision, then who in my life am I affecting? Yeah, who gets hurt by this potentially, yeah. or who who benefits by this potentially? Yeah, and that's and that's something I I feel like uh, lately I'm starting to consider more. Well, don't you feel like though, just like by the fact that you're even considering that, you're kind of a half a step, if not a full step, above most humanity. Because I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are like burdened by routine a bit or burdened by expectation a bit. And this is this is a conversation I've been having with a really close friend a lot lately in the last couple of weeks. Um, like people kind of get fucked up by momentum a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you start your momentum in one way and then, you know, the town that you're in or the people that you're around or the family or your peer group – they start to form certain expectations based on the norm, looking at what you're doing. Yeah. And the minute that you don't want something they expect, you're the asshole. Yeah. Or you're the heartless bitch, or you're the... Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's just, I know for a fact in my case, Yeah. a lot of it was just me being like, okay, fuck that, I'm just going to do what I want. Well, but that's my point, though. I think a lot of people don't, and I think a lot of people don't even think about it. Yeah. Like, they're just like, okay, I have this momentum. Okay, now it's time to get married and have the kids. Okay, now it's time to, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the minute you break the mold, the minute you, you know, pull up your anchor and move to someplace unexpected, mm-hmm. which was my case and also your case, yeah. and and something that I'm, I've been thinking about a lot in the last few days, you know, exactly what that takes and what that means to the community of people around you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think people don't know how to react to you well yeah. sometimes. And and that was maybe even the case with your friend that you were talking about, you know. All this stuff happened in, in our town and you weren't here for it. Yeah. It's well, like- but there's, there's an inverse of that that almost feels unfair where you're like, well, a lot of stuff's happened to me too, <laughs> you know. And, and 
I didn't make the choice not to take you with me. I just made other choices that made it impossible for you to be there and for me to be there. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 something. Yeah, it's just it's. I thought about it because I had always been moving around. So, sure. Like I never, I hadn't really lived in my hometown for a consistent period of time, but I always came back. Right. That was the main thing. I would always find my way back home, and uh, most of my friends kind of, you know, like I said, they gravitated around me. Like, I was kind of the center of all that. Okay. And so, uh, to me, it was more like, when he told me that, it was it was more like he was saying that, uh, so you moved to Japan, and, you know, none of this stuff that happens here matters. Like, what happens to us doesn't matter anymore. Or, like, you know, the things that you would do here, like our bond is is that not important for well, what do you like what do you say to that it, it, to me it was more like, I, I couldn't really say anything to that at the time um i think it's because part of me kind of felt like oh well, yeah shit i always i kind of pride myself on my bonds with the people i have and right and i can see from their point of view where it's kind of like i just up and abandon everybody because i just made the decision just to fucking stay right and, and I've I've actually had family members that told me that I I need to go back I need to go back and handle yeah, things because I've, things are I've breaking had that down. Bit, I've had that a bit too. But that's another part of me that's like, well, no, I need to live my life. Yeah. And it's it's not my responsibility to take care of an entire like clan of people. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Like. So it's a, it's a iffy it's a iffy situation, but I think after after my grandfather's death last year, it kind of renewed my my understanding that like as far away as we as I am now for where I where I was and where I am like living here in Japan, wise it's that, and as far as I try to trivialize like what's going on there, like oh well that's happening there. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's still where I came from. Yeah. Then. I still really care about a lot of those people. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. I can't always... My decisions might not always be in their best interest, but it's not It's not like, you know... It's It's not like I've forgotten about them, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. What I'm trying to say. I think mm-hmm. I've had to come to terms with that. That, like, yeah, these people really do mean something to me. And, yeah, a lot of the stuff of who I am... Is still ingrained in that place. Sure. And I think that was something I kind of had to accept. I was like, well, I'm over here now. So whatever they're fighting over, whatever they're doing over there has no bearing on me. Yeah. And, like, there's a few people that I could try to help out. But other than that, whatever they want to do, that's them. Yeah. But it's kind of not the case at the end of the day. At the end of- it really does call into question, like... What is the nature of a community? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I definitely felt like... Like, I felt like I had a couple of friends back there. Mm-hmm. For sure. And there's always people that I make a point to see. You know, when, when I when I do go back there every couple of years. But I didn't feel like I had a community. I didn't really know that that was the case. Yeah. Until now. And now yeah. I know I do. And that's, and that's basically what it is. Yeah. It's like feeling like, well, oh shit. Yeah, I for, I didn't realize how important like some of these people were in this thing we are doing. For sure, for sure, and like I almost feel a little bit guilty in a way because it's like, kind of like what you were saying with your friend. It's like, well, my chances to help them through things are pretty limited. Yeah, you know, unless they, unless they want to you know travel or come here yeah, or whatever, then I sure. can help them out. But 
but like yeah it's just a super weird experience i guess it's been it's been a weird month yeah it's 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 really rough but it's it's good it's good at the end of the day because like like you said you grow from it Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i feel like that's kind of necessity like dealing with that with that level of loss because it's it just helps shape you into a, a more a more i guess true person yeah like a more human person right yeah well, and it's funny because, like, you know, like I was talking about, like, dead mom jokes and stuff. Like, yeah. that was, you know, like, all week I couldn't get them out of my head. And, like, you know me. If something pops in my head, I almost have to say it. Yeah. So, like, that that was one of them. I was like, boy, it sure is a good thing mom died so I could have this experience. Yeah. You know, like, thank God. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I was know. making jokes. My family didn't appreciate it either. Yeah, sure. I actually got confronted, like... I don't understand why you're smiling so much or why you're not crying. And I was like, I've accepted that. Well, yeah, and I was I was experiencing that too. I was like, well, nobody really confronted me, but like the 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 typical reaction was to kind of laugh nervously and be like, oh man. And it's like, look, like this is the way that I have to process this. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like I I have to find I have to find something yeah something something bright here. It's like and when you make your peace, you you have that breakdown, yeah. and you're usually by yourself. Yeah, for sure. And then you're for okay. sure. And uh, some for others, it's just not that not that way. Man, you and I were talking about this before because I and I've known people like this too. Like somebody important will die in somebody's life, and and that makes them completely shut down. Yeah, and um. I think you were telling me about somebody who had who, like like their father had died yeah, and my, basically my cousin, and yeah. basically they just gave up their life. Yeah, and his, his his uh father died and pretty much gave up and then uh his mother died. And then that was pretty that was just a nail in the coffin right there. Yeah. And with me I I always knew that if when my grandfather died it was there was either going to be one or two things. It was right. I completely shut down or I find some way to fucking like become stronger from that. Yeah, I'm glad it was becoming stronger. I was so busy when I got to the states. Like when when I touched down, like we had like meetings right away, funeral home people and mm-hmm. this and that, and had to gather documents and had to you know figure out what to do with the house and and all this stuff. And um, so especially my first like five to eight days <laughs> were super busy, and I was only there for ten or eleven days, give or take. Yeah. But we're super busy, and there was and there was also stuff to do on the other days as well. It was just like I'd schedule meetings and this and this, and meet with people when they could, people from like estate auctions and stuff. And you know there was there was the whole thing about sorting through you know important documents and pictures and things like that, things to curate for my sister. So um, I was so busy though that everybody keeps kept saying like, man, you're you're gonna have to have this breakdown. You're gonna have to. Yeah, people keep telling me that. You know, too. and basically, I had like these like punctuated moments of like deep sadness. Yeah. But then, like, then I'd find something interesting that I was just kind of in awe of, mm-hmm. you know. And what I came away with was, I think I felt like at the end of the week or at the end of the ten days, I had spent a lot of mental energy. For the whole time I was there, basically celebrating life, you know, celebrating my my mother's memory for sure, hearing cool stories, being with cool people, having cool experiences myself that just kind of 
you know, kind, kind of, and it was, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast last time. So, like, my mom dying was, like, kind of the punctuation on this kind of shit month I've been having. Yeah. <laughs> or not shit, like, like, we live in Okinawa, it's hot as balls here, my car air conditioner went out, and that was just something I was dealing with. <laughs> so, I decided to get a different car. Part of the reason was I accepted a different job away from the job that I'd been working at for 15 years. Yeah. So, like, change was on the horizon. This Everything big was changing. sweeping change was on the horizon. So, new job, new car, my girlfriend dumps me. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Basically out of nowhere. She was like, I'm moving out. And I'm not going to go into a, to a big thing about Whatever. that. There's no reason to point fingers or lay blame. What happened, happened. And to tell you the truth, at this point, I think I'm glad for it. Yeah. Um, because it was just all part of this cycle of change. In fact, change is still happening, but you know, right now it's adjustment phase. Yeah, it's seeing what what this new, what all those changes, what's life now. Exactly. Like, and and it's funny because I don't think I'll have the answer to that for another few months. I guess. <laughs> I guess I won't have the answer to that for at least sixteen weeks. Yeah, is my his or longer? Yeah. Probably longer. Yeah. Um. But. So it's almost like I threw out a big part of my old life. Yeah. Like I was fucking throwing out shoes and shit. And like here I am like in the in the doorway just on the precipice of this like new existence. I start my new job. It's fucking scary. It is scary. I start my new job yeah. next week. You're piecing out I'm of, giving up of my your job. government job, yeah. I'm yeah, and ties. and so you can start throwing your company. Full force in the, yeah, into my Japanese video game company. Yeah, so, like, yeah, here we are right in the doorway. So, if we make a podcast a year from now and we're both homeless, <laughs> you, now you know why. We'll still have, we'll keep the laptop in the mic. Exactly. We will sell those. That's it. We're, we'll go to a Starbucks and record this shit, so you'll be hearing, like, coffee orders being shouted out at the end of this. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so, I think... I think I'm really grateful to have had this experience when I had it. Because it's like this kind of feeling of renewal or whatever to come back. And, and I think that's why I, I, when you said like, so I go back, that's that's the main thing I felt like you probably needed to get deal with. Like, because at the end of the day, you know, your mom shaped a lot yeah. of who you are. Yeah. And when you go back and you deal with something like that, with the person that probably had the most like effect on like who you are as a person, gone. That's what kind of forces you to kind of grow to a new level, even when you thought that you were done. For sure. Yeah. And so, I knew I knew that I knew that was a lesson worth having. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's right. Yeah. I do think that's right. Yeah. Well, we're just under an hour on this, man. You wanna you wanna wrap it up? We'll call this the fucking bummerest podcast ever. Bummerest podcast. The loss. The yeah. The <laughs> podcast on death and dying. You know, for your morning commute. You fuckers. <laughs> um, oh, I will say that uh, I, I was made fun of a little bit when I went back to the States because um, I inadvertently... I, look, I knew I was going to be there for 10 days-ish, mm -hmm. so I took five shirts. And were they all Pacific Grappler shirts? Three of the five were Pacific Grappler. The other two were Ruka. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we, we love our sponsors. We do love our sponsors, so thanks for uh, thanks Pacific Grappler, as it turns out. Uh, when you're throwing a bunch of shit away out of your dead mom's house, Pacific Grappler is the perfect apparel item for that. 
Yeah, if you need to translate any paperwork into another language. To yeah, like, so like, so if your mom died in another country and you need to uh, get get all that uh, translated, uh, take it to Central Translation Service. Uh, there, if you're in Okinawa, you can you can find them at the Kadena USO. If uh, if not, you can find them on Facebook, the goddamn Facebook, and then shoot them an email. Shoot them an email. They'll get you some. Uh, they'll get you some quotes, and they will do a real good job translating your documents. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else. What else is going on? Oh, uh, not a sponsor, but uh, if you're uh, if you're in the Omaha area, I highly recommend training at uh, Axios uh, BJJ Academy. Uh, their their black belt John over there is an outstanding guy. They're a very uh, competition oriented team. He won the uh, IBJJF Worlds uh, I think last year in Nogi, and he fucking shows it. Impressive. Very impressive. Very scary dudes over there. A lot of lot of lot of wrestling <laughs> background. And uh, I really did appreciate wait, 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 wait. Yeah. actual wrestling or WWE wrestling, like actual like Midwest. Okay, style. Not, dr- not dramatic wrestling. Not dramatic. That, that's wrestling. what I call it. Yeah, like 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 for, stage play. Like for, re- like for real guys who will hurt you wrestling. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, so check them out. Also, not a sponsor. The Half Breed. That's H A F Breed podcast. With uh, my buddy uh, Joe Davis, owner of Pacific Grappler, and yep. uh, Maki Shinzato. I was just going to say that. Yep. I didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> so, there, so after you're done listening to this. Yeah. Go check go, that out. Go, go check that out. And uh, yeah. No, we got some jiu You'll, you'll really enjoy it. Yep. All right. Anything then. else you got, Sherrod? I've got, I've got nothing that I'm ready to comment on at the moment. But I got some stuff coming up. All right. Yeah. Yeah. How's uh, that? How's that for a teaser? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Nightwing well, fucked Harley Quinn. Yeah, Nightwing <laughs> fucked Harley Quinn, and uh, the the uh, the and, inter- that, and, and the internet exploded. Yeah, and uh, the def- and also the defenders came out. And Rick and Morty is still and going Rick strong. and Morty is still going strong. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll comment on, that, comment next on that next episode. We'll we'll have another next episode where we're I'm not... building a whole case for Nightwing fucking everybody. All right. Yeah, I, Nightwing's my favorite hero. Well, on DC side. Yep. Him and Batman. Okay. Next episode. Next episode. See y'all later. See you.